Hey guys, in this AB Talks with Elsa Majimbo, we really get to know her, her childhood, her story, how she became famous, and a lot to learn from this girl. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey Elsa. Hey. You have a giggle already? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Glad. So how are you really doing? I'm doing, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm not too convinced. No, I'm doing good. I'm, I mean, I'm in a good space. Um, I like where I'm going. Uh, not, not exactly happy, but I'm good. I'm doing better than most, and I'm grateful for that. Um, and I know the life I have wasn't meant to happen, but it did happen. So I'm really, I think I'm doing good. But what makes you unhappy? I don't know, I feel like for me, there's so much bad in the world. And I think sometimes I think what happens, it's very unfair. And I think I came into a world where I see so many advantaged people and people who treat money like leaves and they just, they live like, you know, there's no tomorrow. And they can do that every single day. And I've, all, I've also seen this other side of the world where people are really suffering, they're really struggling. And I think for me, that really hurts me. I think that's my biggest point. Every single time I meet people, I talk about capitalism and people think I'm joking. Because everywhere I go, I teach them about capitalism and everyone will be on the table laughing and they'll be like, ah, ha, 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 she's a joker. But I feel for me, the... That's why um, I am right now, just trying to change everything that's happening because I believe there's so much bad and the 1% is the problem. Hmm. What is the 1%? The 1% are the people who have so much money and they keep it for themselves. Like today, today we're coming out of Dubai Mall with my sister and Valet was 315 dirhams. Hmm. And I, I looked at her and she told me, you know, in Kenya, in South Africa, people don't, there are some people who don't even make that in a month. It's like, that's crazy. So I just think they're part of the problem. And I see how they're living every single day and I've gotten closer and closer to them. So I've reached a point where I firsthand see what they're doing and how they treat life. And I just, I don't think it's right. Hmm. You know, it's tricky because, for example, I look at a lot of the people that are working in these metropolitan cities, in New York, London, Paris, Dubai, and uh, the, it's, the life is also expensive in a lot of these countries, mm. you know? So you understand that everything goes high. Then you look, go to another country, you don't have the, the Coca-Cola or the uh, whatever is not inflated. It's much cheaper. So I think, I think I read an article once that if you want to know the level of inflation, you look at uh, items that are usually a certain price. So for example, if uh, an egg is uh, $1 or one dirham, mm-hmm. you go see where, how much an egg is somewhere else in, in another country and you'll know the inflation rate. So it's a bit tricky. But I know also that you're a big visitor of Dubai. How's Dubai treating you? <laughs> Dubai is good. I've had a lot of fun in Dubai. It's expensive. Oh, my goodness. You think? It's so expensive. 
We go for dinners. Depends and... how you live, Dubai. No, <laughs> Dubai is an expensive place. If you want to live well, yes, it can be. But you know, there was a whole like, I think there was a video. I'll find it and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll ask Nikki or I'll send it to you. It's a video of how you can live for in Dubai for a day at a dirham or something like that. The point I'm trying to make is Dubai is very malleable. You can literally have a whole meal for like a dirham. Or you can have a whole meal for a thousand dirhams. It depends where you want to go. But yeah, it depends. I don't know how your experience is. Yeah. Uh, no, the places I've gone, definitely not one dirham. Yeah. <laughs> it's just everything, even the taxis, mm. everything is expensive. What I would spend in a week somewhere else, I'd spend in a day in Dubai. No, it's a crazy Have you been place. to London, Paris, New York? No. Yeah, then you'll change your mind. <laughs> You'll definitely change your mind. These cities can be. And if you're in the... See, if you want... The good thing about Dubai, and I'm from here, so I can be biased. I love my country and my city. And I've traveled. I've lived in Boston and New York. The good thing about Dubai is you can live um, in a very safe place. Mm-hmm. Like, thank God it's safe. The it's really place. like we leave our doors open. How many countries today around the world you can do that? Very few. Very few. So the safety, we are underrating it. But then you can actually live a decent, healthy, quiet, high-level life with the safety, with the AC, the air conditions, with a decent car and a good loan and a nice apartment. Not so bad. Yeah. After you go to New York and these places, I want you to call me <laughs> and do a benchmark. But it can be. It can be expensive. I agree with you. Uh-huh. And it can be affordable. Depends which level you want to live. And if you want to live really good, of course, you know, mm. you have to spend the money. Anywhere can be affordable, depending on how you want to live. Also true. Yeah. Mm. I need to show you the real Dubai also. Take you to the like cool ghetto restaurants. And <laughs> you're going to love it. It's such good, good food. You I want to see them. I'll take see you to them. the other side. Okay. Where we have one big plate. We all eat from the same thing. We sit on the floor. Uh, we have tea by the beach. That sounds like fun. Yeah. That sounds like fun. So tell me, who are you, Elsa? Elsa. Um, so I was born in Nairobi, grew up in Nairobi. That's the, my whole life revolved around that place. Um, wasn't very into anything that happened around me. I don't know. I just saw this life every single day where we had the dads and the moms. So basically, it was like a cycle. So the moms would come, pick their kids from school, drop their kids, um, go to work, and that was literally their whole lives. And then the dads will go to the pubs and have fun and do whatever they want. And I think from a young age, I just knew that's not what I wanted. And I thought I wanted more. And every single day, I just thought, how can I make sure I don't have a nine to five and be, you know, have this family and my life just revolves around that, just that one circle. And then my video blew up and that changed everything. So the fa- I dropped out of school, told my parents like months after. So I left school. <laughs> months after, okay. Months after. By I- the way. <laughs> I haven't been going to school. <laughs> I wrote the school an email. I was like, hey, um, yeah, so, you know, my 
I'm going to leave. I'm going to take some years off. And you know, you need a letter of consent. So I wrote my own letter of consent and I put my dad's signature at the bottom. Perfect. Yeah, and there was COVID, so they couldn't ask him to come in. Yeah. Amazing. That really helped. Mm. So I just, I left school and I started focusing on more and doing this thing because it made me so happy doing it. So I just did it more and more and more. And now we're here. Hmm. How was your childhood, uh, Elsa? Um, crazy, mm. <laughs> crazy, fun, bad, good. Um, I have three siblings, my older sister, my older brother, and my younger brother. Um, we all grew up with my parents. So um, my dad worked a lot, but he was always there. He worked a lot, but he made such an effort to be there. So my mom was always there. She came for us at school. She was with us during the weekends, during the holidays. She, she was always with us. Um, I went, I went to nice schools. Yeah, I was very, I was very fortunate, I and mean, I'm very grateful for that. I went to good schools with nice facilities. Uh, it was very. I think for me, the thing that I carried most from growing up was the amount of colorism just around me. And it was that every single day, especially in school, um, anyone who was lighter skinned will always be treated better in every aspect by the teachers, by the students. And it was always made to feel like darker skinned girls, not even um, in terms of attractiveness, even like opportunities, lighter skinned girls would get it first, every single thing. And I think that's what I picked most from my childhood. And it, it hurt a lot, but I knew my worth and I knew that's, that's not how things were meant to be. So I disconnected from everyone. I kind of, I tried to fit in to just get through and get by, but I knew there were better days ahead. And I never, I never try to stay in society. That's why I never follow any trends or anything because I feel like everyone has been brainwashed to think a certain way. So I don't follow anything. I just think it's all, it's all bullshit, everything we know. And what you know is what you should go by and what you feel is right in your heart. Because I know everything I've been taught is from someone else. And that person was taught by someone else. And so I just, I go with the flow and I go with how I feel because I know myself will never fail me. How old are you? 19. That's crazy, man. <laughs> I was the dumbest at 19. <laughs> like, I, I sit sometimes, I sit with, with the young generation. I'm 39 now. And I'm like, wow, man. Like, the level of awareness that they can have if they want. Because there are also a lot of dumb young people. And oh, there's a many. lot of deep and super aware and self-aware and they talk about mental health and they talk about ego and they talk about and I'm like wow like those things never occurred to us at that age we knew so little and I was like my young years were no internet so I'm the last generation was no internet then internet everybody after is internet <laughs> so I got to see the contrast and yeah. then one of the downfalls or disadvantages there are many advantages but some one of the disadvantages is when you don't have a search engine 
you don't have access to doing your own research. So everything you're taught in terms of values, etiquette, you only know one way. Whatever your parents say, that's, that's it. So that's one of the disadvantages. The new generation, they're like, eh, no, <laughs> no, come. And then they show you. Yeah. So it's nice to just listen to you and, and the way you're thinking. It. The first word you said when I said child, you said crazy. Why did you say crazy? Oh, I feel like so many things happened, especially growing up with so three siblings and we had our cousins in the house. So it was just every single day was a movie. We had so much fun. We would go out and like hurt ourselves. I have so many scars on my legs. Oh my goodness, the amount of things we did that should have killed us. I'm not even joking. We did crazy stuff. We would jump over our barbed wires and just run into cars and ride bikes crisscross on the road. So it was so much fun. We had a crazy, amazing time. Hmm. Was it a hard childhood or easy, comfortable? I think I think I had a comfortable childhood. I had a pretty comfortable childhood. I think for me, the biggest no was um, was just school. School was not, and yeah, just basically everything. It was a very colorist, very very. very In your own country, it is. Yes, that's crazy. So, yeah, it was horrible. It was horrible. It was crazy, and even the teachers would just peek on you for being darker, it was, it was absolutely insane. And for me, that was the worst part. And even in school, if you struggled, if you weren't doing so well, or if you were average, they would make it so hard for you in school. And it just, I think that was just, it was very hard for me because I was good, I was good at math. I was really good at math, but I struggled in so many other subjects. And in the subjects I struggled, because you know, in, I feel like when you're in a better position, you don't see how others are being treated. So in math, I would be praised, but I didn't notice other people were being picked on and were being treated badly. But when you, it was me being treated badly, I noticed how well the others were being treated. And that's even why I'm so against how the world is right now, because I know when you're in your own small bubble, you don't see how other people are living life. Mm -hmm. So that's, that just, I really picked that out. You know what um, can really, I, I believe we're numb to TV. So mm. you see these sad documentaries or sad news. We're all numb. We've seen so much of it, we don't feel it anymore, right? Yeah. The right experience is traveling. Like that's what I would always urge you or anybody to just to travel and not travel only to the nice places, travel to really the tough developing countries, even for two days. Mm. Just see how it is without electricity, see how it is without a clean bed. And that one of my jobs was in a philanthropic organization and that opened my eyes. And that's what I would like to do with my kids. Yes, we can go to L.A. or London or whatever. But from time to time, let me take you somewhere where you volunteer <laughs> and you actually see the people there are actually happy. So then the definition of happiness would change in your mind. It's not about money and nice shoes and... No, I pointed at my shoes. Yeah, I like my shoes. So, <laughs> but it's not about that. That doesn't. That's joy, temporary. Are you actually happy? But you know? I don't think money is about happiness and shoes. It's just, I feel like people could lead better lives because I, I, it's not that I don't believe people shouldn't live nice and lavish. 
I just don't believe some people should live in extreme poverty. Mm, that other extreme. Yeah, the I other agree. extreme. So I, I think so many people are happy not having money. I've seen so many Same. joyous people. Same. Yeah, and yeah. it's because I lived in a developed country and they would look so happy, so many of them, but I just thought it was very wrong for them to live under such circumstances when other people were living crazy. There are basic basics, Elsa, that have to be provided for free, whether mm -hmm. it's electricity, electricity, basic food, basic education, basic health care. Mm -hmm. These should not be in discussion. <laughs> yes. You know? Um, you said something interesting earlier. Yeah, that I got me curious. You said at a certain age, maybe I don't know how many years ago, or maybe last year, where, yeah, because you said that it was around COVID, that you decided out of conviction that I don't want to go to school no more. I'm going to send the email, I'm going to sign it. <laughs> and so my, my question is, and this is very interesting for me because I don't think I would have had that self-confidence when I was 18 or 19. So I'm, I'm curious, how do you get so convinced that this is not for me and I will make it from an alternate route, not this route, not the typical route. I can make it elsewhere. How do you get that confidence to make that decision when you don't have any assurance? I didn't have the confidence. I think I really, the thing I fear most till now is failure. Because I haven't made, um, I'm growing, I'm still growing and I have a long way to go and anything can happen. So for me, my biggest fear till now is failure. But I fear going back to school more. I hate that place. <laughs> I hate that place. <laughs> I hate that place. I do not want to go walk into lectures and listen the whole time. You know, many people asked me why I'm doing journalism. And I would always come every single time I'd have a different reason. And then one time I was asked and I just said, I hate it, but everything else seems worse. That's why I picked journalism. So I just realized I, I don't want to be there. And what's the point of living life if, if you don't want to, if what you're doing doesn't make you happy? So I was very, very, very unhappy. And I had this other thing that made me happy, but it was a risk. So it was either being unhappy and being secure or taking the risk and being brave. And taking the risk seemed way better. Do you not like school because you feel it's old school and the systems are old and they haven't been updated and it's very herd-like? Sheep, 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 sheep. Or is it because you had a bad personal experience like bullying or racism or which, which one? Oh, both. Oh, both. Definitely okay. both. The combo. <laughs> okay. Just came in together. They did everything. So I feel like the system, even until now, if I finished school, um, I'd go to an office, I'd apply for a job, they told me to get more experience, and then I'd have to get more, go do my master's, and then they would tell me to get more, get a PhD. Christ, I'm not doing that, that's so much. And at the end of the day, most of the things they teach you, you won't even apply. So for me, it was like, what's the point? And also I faced so much in school, that for me, it's just, it's the worst place on this earth. I faced so, so, so much with classmates, with teachers. And for me, it's the worst place I can be. I just hate it. What is the worst experience you had in school since you brought it up? Oh, there's so many. Let me... Give me whatever you want. 
Um, let me let me think. The worst is when um, I remember there is is this time. I I had this group of friends. So they were all light, and one was one was Arabic. So she was the lightest, but they were all light skinned, and. Um, we had this thing, it was called Cultural Day. So you dress up in different cultures and you all gather and it was fun, it was all fun and games. And before we dress up in our clothes, we'd do our makeup. Um, so they were just running up and down, up and down, and it was really fun. And then we, we, went, we went up and I was looking for them. I was looking, they had disappeared for some time. So I was looking for them. I was look and finally, I found them again. And we were walking down the stairs. And I think I'd forgotten my sweater. I had forgotten something. And I said, oh, guys, I've forgotten something. I need to go back up. So I ran back up to get it. And I'm running back down. And I see them running, laughing. And they say, they said, oh, they bo the boys don't want her there. Because she's the ugliest in the group. And they were running and they were laughing. And for me, it was like, these are my friends. These are really my friends. And I know the reason why they had said that, because people would say this. They'd say, um, tartint. So tartint means remove, remove the tint from your skin. That means remove it and be lighter. And they would say that again and again. And for me, even after that, I couldn't detach myself from them, because they were the only friends I had. I had no other friends in school, so I had to stay with them. And it was just, it was very hard, but I just, it was either that or just sitting around and about. But that was my second year of high school. My third year, I was like, you know what, fuck this. And I literally, I knew I was much more than that. And I remember detaching myself from them. And after some time, they would follow me around and be like, oh, why don't you hang out with us anymore? Why don't you want to be around us? And I just, I'm a very, I'm a very quiet person. I don't like confrontation. That back then, now I will come for you. <laughs> back then, I didn't like confrontation. So I would just, I was like, no, I just, I have a lot of work to do. And it just, it taught me a lot to go through that, and I'm glad I went through that because it made me tougher and it made me realize that not everyone is what they seem. It's so brave of you to say that story. I'll tell you why, so people don't think I'm just kissing ass. I say it because you admitted that you went back to them, which is a, a brave thing to say because Everybody doesn't want to be alone. But I love how the next year you built enough confidence to say, you know what, this is not my worth. I don't need that. But mm -hmm. it took a year or whatever, which I think is very powerful of you. Yeah. Took a year, but I got there. Mm. <laughs> and that's how good change happens. It's, it's gradual. It's not sudden. I don't like sudden changes usually. I don't think they sustain. Mm -hmm. Gradual change is like making a muscle stronger and stronger, but it takes months to make it really healthy and strong, you know? Mm -hmm. Or you take an injection, it looks this big, <laughs> and then in one week, it's like, poof. Um, you got me thinking about so many things. 
if you never faced those bad experiences in school, would have you enjoyed school? Let's say there was no racism, there was no picking by the professors or teachers. People were nice. I, I think I would have. Hmm. I would have had quite an experience because I love learning and I love getting new things and I love thinking. I love thinking and I love thinking quick. So I would definitely have loved school. Although you said school is also a bit like repetitive and oh, it's very not pr- practical in real life. Yeah, it's not practical. But for me, I think math is the thing that, uh, that's, that's the thing that took my heart. Hmm. It's but because math, you know, math is calculated and they have to do the same across the board everywhere. So, so that was good. I also loved doing history. I learned a lot and I learned about evil people and good people. So there was a lot of nonsense in school and a lot of things that were very unnecessary. But uh, there were also a lot of things that gave me knowledge and a lot of things that I loved learning. Hmm. Hmm. It's tricky because now Elsa took a risk that paid off. But a lot of people might take a risk and it will not pay off and they should have stayed in school. <laughs> it's very tricky, you know, it's for true. some it works for that's some. That's true. And everybody talks about Steve Jobs or Bill Gates, but that's like 0.2%. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, tr- it's a tricky world because mm. the degree, even though like we both can agree that most of it is useless, But it's kind of like an insurance policy. In case your hobby or passion doesn't work, you go back to this. And the workplace, they don't accept anything without a certain degree, which is also changing. Nowadays, some companies don't care if you have a degree or not. They do certain tests. If you have the right attitude, the right resource learning, the world is changing. I love that. The world is changing. How was your relationship with your parents? Uh, Good. Good. I had a very good relationship with my parents. Both? Yes, both. Mm. I had a good relationship with both my parents. Um, my dad, my dad, my dad never got angry. Uh, but when he got angry, oh my goodness, he got like really angry. You know, you do small things, and he would never speak. He would never speak about them, or he would just be cool about it. But the time he got angry, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> And it would take you to do something huge for him to get angry. So me and my dad, we got along very well. I told him a lot of things. And he would carry me to bed. He was always there for me. He was always, and he worked, he worked so much. He worked so much to provide for us and to give us a better life than he had because he didn't have the easiest life. And he worked so hard to make sure we never had that because when him and my mom got married, they were flat broke. Oh. They had, they had, they had very little, but they worked so hard to get to where they are, and I really, really admire them that them for that. And they worked so hard to take us to the best schools, even like during if there was some problem with something, they would still like go the extra mile just for us. So I really admire that. My mom. <laughs> My mom is one of the most interesting people I know. Mm. She, wow, <laughs> she is up and down. She's hot and cold. Um, one moment she's your best friend, the next she will shout at you. And I love her for that. It's, it's one of the best qualities about her. 
She's just, um, she just taught me to be tough. She used to make us do everything, clean the house, wash the dishes, and not just cleaning them. Like she would, Tara cleaning, you would go there, you would scrub the floors, you would wipe the whole place. And she just, she always did that. She made us cook, she, everything. She was very tough and she was very strict. And sometimes we'd argue with her up and down and she knew we'd always listen to my dad. So if we did something and she did, she'd tell my dad talk and if my dad said something, you do it. So it was very, it was a very good, it was very good. We had our hearts and cold, but I love my parents very much. We've had an amazing childhood because of them. And the reason I'm here today is because of them. Hmm. How do you, uh, this is maybe a personal point, but how do you view uh, Nairobi or Kenya where you were brought up? Do you, have you run, run away from it? And that's why you have other places to live now because of maybe school or because of certain experiences or no, it's still, it's still home. Um, I have a very um, bad relationship with Nairobi. Um, I think I've faced a lot of bullying there. And when I say bullying, people think just now on the internet, no, I've been bullied in Nairobi my whole life. And it just happened. And I think when I went to university, because I was out of high school, all of that, I was able to choose my friends and to choose who I'm around. So it got easier, and then I got on the internet, and it was like high school all over again, and I was like pulled back in, and it seemed, it really did seem like everyone in the city was against me. So most of the times I would just stay in the house, mind my own business, and then I was supposed to go to South Africa for four days. I left and I never went back. Uh, that was in February, and I just, I left, and for me to even, I found happiness elsewhere. And you know, I told my manager, I told him, you know what? I would rather jump from country to country, even after Dubai. I told him I'm going to South Africa. That's my last resort. I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going after this, but I told him I'd rather hop from country to country than go back to Nairobi. And yesterday my sister was telling me, look, you have to tell me where you're going because we're leaving. You need to tell me where you're going. And I was like, I don't know. And she told me, you know what? Um, just go back to Nairobi. And I was like, okay. And then I thought about it. And for me, that was actually the worst option possible. That was the worst. And I, I, just, I just told her, if I have nowhere to go, I'll, just, I'll go back to South Africa. Because I, I have a home there now. And when I was starting off, South Africa, they really supported me. And they saw how much Kenyans were bullying me and that gave them motivation to even support me more. And they're like, oh, okay, you wanna bring this girl down? Hell no. And they just, they pushed for me and they vouched for me. So I have a home in South Africa and I'm really glad I do. And I'm glad there's a place where I feel I can go and I feel safe there, but Kenya is not that place. Hmm. That must be tough though. It is. But life is tough. Because you're Kenyan. Mm -hmm. So is, does it bother you that, of course, we won't say all of them don't like you. I'm sure a lot of them love you. But also you've had bad experiences there. So does it hurt you that it's your own place, it's your own country where you're supposed to feel at home? 
it it does hurt it does hurt it 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 really does hurt even when i was in high school so many people didn't like me but there are people who loved me but the negativity has a way of overshadowing the good and for me the negativity did overshadow the good and for me i don't think it's even the bullying that really got me i think it's the pity because so many people would feel so sorry for me and they'd be like are you okay are you doing good are you going to hurt yourself and i think for me cuz i'm a i'm a tough girl i'm a black i'm a black girl you know in this world and um i'm going to face a lot so i need to have tough skin i need to be brave and i can't play victim i always have to stand back up but people feeling sorry for me that for me that wasn't i didn't i didn't like that i didn't like that at all so i think for me that's what really really drove me out of there cuz i can handle the bad comments i can handle people calling me a bitch and insulting me but i can't handle people feeling sorry for me why though why does it bother you if somebody feels pity for you i don't know i i just feel like i've worked so hard to be tough and feeling pity just reminds me that i should feel so so bad about a situation and i've worked so hard to get out of that space and dragging me back there it's just i i can't go through that again but why would they feel pity like what's the intention i don't know why people feel bad for me i i always act like a tough girl <laughs> i always show i got the situation i don't know why people feel sorry for me like so, what would they say like why would they assume your need sympathizing they so uh this is i trend on Kenyan Twitter so much and you know on Twitter it shows you what's trending in the country you're in correct so if today i'm trending it will be because of something specific and everyone will be like oh my god i'm so sorry i'm so so sorry and every time i'm trending people would text me people i know people i don't know they would text me i'm so sorry they didn't comment oh guys leave her alone she doesn't deserve this and it just comes from all corners and from everywhere and no i don't i don't want people feeling bad for me i don't want anyone feeling bad for me i'm okay um i'm not okay but but don't put me in a place where i have to feel bad for myself and i have to feel pity for myself i don't want to be in that space i want to be in a space where i know the world is tough and i don't need to play the victim it's not even about playing victim because sometimes you are the victim but i've learned that you can't always play the part of victim you need to stand up because at the end of the day it's either you stay down or you get back up so might as well do it sooner rather than later hmm. do you think that their pity or their sympathy is coming from a good intention or a good place or it's not it's it's it, it's coming from a good place from some people some people i don't think as much cuz even in the beginning i would have some friends and people would say such horrible things about me on the internet and they'd send me a screenshot and they'd write down that oh i'm so sorry about this if i was your friend i never do that to you i would never 
see people insulting you and send it to you. That's wrong. So I feel for some people, they do it from a very malicious place. But some people, they actually, they, they're checking up on you and they want to see if you're okay, if you're doing fine. Mm. And they want you to know everything will be okay. But both of them are equally horrible. <laughs> <laughs> mm, okay. You definitely have an allergy to it now. Yeah, I hate it. You, uh, Elsa, you stopped the internet for a few years, the social media. I read this, that you stopped for a few years, but I'm like, nobody's saying why. <laughs> like, uh, there was a gap of two, three years at least. How come? Um, so I started my videos in 2016 because hmm. I thought I was so funny. I thought I was so funny. So I started in 2016 and in 2017, mid 2017, I stopped posting videos and it's cause there's this, there's this examination in Kenya. It's the national examination and you have to ace it. That's what determines if you're going to university or not. And I had pressure from all sides to make me focus on that one examination. And I just kind of dropped everything to focus on it. And that's why, that's the only reason I stopped social media. Okay, so it's a simple reason. Yeah, it's a simple reason. Okay. Did you pass? Yeah. Yeah, I passed. Okay, that's good. <laughs> um, what's up with the sunglasses and the chips? <laughs> like, why those two things? <laughs> So the chips, I ate them one day by mistake in one of my videos. And after that, every single time I wouldn't eat the chips, people would be like, where are the chips? Where are the chips? They would come for me. You need to make your own chips now. Yeah. I hope you have a plan. Of course I have a okay, plan. Okay, cool, yeah. Of course I have a plan. Okay, chips, yes. Chips, sunglasses. So I was doing this thing where I would actually be like, ah, being famous, it's so hard. And <laughs> I use those sunglasses because yeah. um, I saw them one day and I was like, oh, if I wear the sunglasses, it will be cool. So I wore them one day. And then I realized if I wear them in every single video, one day I can make money out of it. So I just kept on putting them in. Nice. Yeah. And has, um, has fame changed you? Uh, I would say yes and no. I feel like fame would change anyone. There are definitely some people that I used to speak to and I don't speak to them now. Um, I think for me, it doesn't make sense to have friendships when you guys are not going in the same direction or you're not on the same path. So even my dad always told me, um, you'll make friends and you lose friends. And that's normal when you're not going in the same path as someone, it doesn't make sense. Um, and also, um, I'm someone, I'm someone who doesn't, I hate drugs. Oh, I hate drugs. I hate, hate drugs. Because I've seen how it's ruined people. I hate drugs. So for me, even people who would overly drink, usually I would be there for them. And, you know, I didn't see a problem with being friends with them. But then it would just, I knew in taking this new path, it would, it would be something that would derail me because I didn't have the same time. And if something happened, I didn't want that to be on my head. So I also cut out that part of my life. And of course I left school, so that definitely changed. But I still have some of my friends who I love. And some of them, I cut them off because, you know, um, many of them, some of them would post and say, oh my goodness, my girl, she's so funny, like before I blew up. And then some of them never used to post. Mm. And then they started posting. 
And that seemed so funny to me because I was like, if you didn't find me funny before, what do you find me funny now? So the ones who never posted and until now they don't post, because if you don't find me funny, that's not like a deal breaker. I won't stop being your friend because you don't, you don't need to find me funny for me to be your friend. Just be consistent. Don't fi not find me funny before you find me funny now. Just don't find me funny before you don't find me funny now. And that's it. Let that be as it is. So those are the people I've still kept in my life. And I think for me, the thing that has really stuck with me is being humble and being grounded. And I love that people keep on reminding me, my new, my new friends, my old friends, they keep on reminding me how important humility is. And I think what dreams most people is being proud and you think you're too good for some things. And for me, it's just, I remember where I'm coming from and I know what I stand for. And that's the one thing I don't change about me. That's the one thing that will stick with me and in my heart. And my clothes have changed. My clothes, my bank account has changed. Like love, we love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's yeah. nice. Yeah, I like listening to you. Um, hmm. Next point. Are you actually a good chess player? Oh, I'm so good. You say you're good. I'm so Some good. Some people are doubting that. I'm so good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm so After good watching the Queen's Gambit on Netflix or before? <laughs> After. No, before, before, before. Okay. <laughs> I love chess and I love chess so much. Um, that I, you wrote it in your bio. Yeah, I saw that. Yes. Yeah. And I really, really got... And even after I left my friend group in high school, I focus so much on chess because now I had a lot of free time. I didn't have friends, so I had a lot of free time. So I played so much chess and I couldn't use the internet because I was focusing on my exams. And chess just made life so simple. And it will also be encouraged because they'd be like, oh, chess, it's with your education. So I love chess. I mm. love chess. I played when I'm super angry i played when i'm so so angry it helps me calm down and i'm good at chess and i love winning so i think for me that's the best part hmm. yeah um the now you play with my head <laughs> i don't want to lose track you said in an article elsa that you are quite instinctive and you just said it earlier like you you follow your gut feeling you think you're very in tune with your gut feeling mm -hmm. are you i am i feel like i am like you really trust it i trust it so much so 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 much i always listen to my gut i always listen it tells me if the person i'm around is a good person if the person i'm around is not a good person mm -hmm. It tells me what to do, where, where to go. And I think my gut is the reason why I am here today. It tells me the choices I should make in life. And I trust my gut so much. Because as I said, you know, everything we've been taught, people have been taught before and before that and before that. And who's to say what's, what's, what you should follow and what you should do? So I believe my gut knows What's up? Hmm. I like that. Um, are you 
how has it been for the circle of people around you? I mean, how do you, can you trust people? Are they starting to take advantage of you? Do you have fake friends? Do you think their friends are genuine, but they're not? Even family sometimes when somebody gets rich, all the family show up. <laughs> your cousin from the third level <laughs> will call you, I was adopted. And you're like, oh, okay, hello. <laughs> so have you faced all of this? I have. I have. And um, I like to think of... I was told this is wrong, but uh, this is how I think. I like to think of people as assets and liabilities. Cause I use the same. <laughs> I swear to God. Don't I say the same thing? <laughs> I say the same thing. And I got it from a book that I'll tell you you should read. It's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Okay. You will love this book because it uses the same system. Okay. okay go ahead. I love that. I like to think of people as assets and liabilities. So... Um, I don't have time to think if someone is a fake friend or a good friend or if they'll be there for me because I'll never know. I'll, I'll never know until you fall. And I'm not going to fall. So I'll never know if people are good or bad people. So I don't put my trust in people, but I see how people can be of advantage to me. If I see you're a liability and you're helping me in no way, there's no point of me being your friend or trying to befriend you or hanging out with you, there's no point. So I stick by people who will help me go where I'm going. And I have like two, three people who I will actually speak to and have that to love me and care for me because I think that's important. But everyone else, you never know if they're really there for you. And I'm 19. My career is just taking off. So I don't have time to sit down and say, this is a fake friend, this is a real friend. No, I won't do that. I will see if we're on the same path and if we're not, then bye. Mm. Yeah, you have to read this book. (laughs) Uh, And the cool thing is when we say assets or liabilities, we don't mean opportunistic. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to be opportunistic about a person. And I think a good relationship is when they win and you win. So you're there, let's say you give them advice because they think your advice helps them. Mm-hmm. They make you laugh. That's an asset. That's yeah. a person who makes you feel better and you help them. Yes. If it's mutual, it sustains. If it's one-sided, yeah, that's there's the expiry date. <laughs> yeah. True. True. And that's the thing also. I feel like I should never make myself someone else's liability because that's not fair to them. Nice. Yeah, that's not fair to other people. So if someone is an asset to you, be an asset to them. If you're a liability, then remove yourself from the equation. I like that. Very math of you. I know. Mm. Um, you promote, I think. I need to really follow more of your content. I just got to know you. But you promote junk food a lot and not working. <laughs> but you do the opposite. You know? Yeah. So is that being a hypocrite or, or what? It's not being a hypocrite. Um, um, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I really look for how to defend this, but it really is. I tell people to lay around and be lazy and, you know, just have fun, spend all your money, never look for the future. The now is the moment. But I don't do that. But then you work hard. <laughs> yeah, I work hard and I work for where I want to go. Favorite color? Green. Three reasons why. It looks good on me. OK. 
Okay. That's one. I don't know. It just it's nature and it's so pure mm. and it's so calming. Attractive, pure. Third one. That reason. <laughs> just looks so good on me. Well, you, see, you gave me actually more. You said attractive, pure, and you said calm. So I'll use those three. Okay. Favorite animal? Dog. Three reasons why. I have a dog. No, that doesn't count. <laughs> okay. They're always that. They're loyal. Loyal. They're, they're very loyal. And they protect. Protective, they're like yeah. they're feisty like they can be nice mm. but if you cross them they're very feisty and nice. that's exactly how i am and they're so cute just okay. okay so the color is how you see yourself okay so attractive and you said the pure and calm okay those three the animal reflects an ideal partner which you said you already have one so maybe you have a boyfriend but that means loyal you said they're very cute and they're feisty and they're protective. I don't have a boyfriend. Okay, so this were all the guys now. <laughs> yeah, don't confuse okay. that. I don't have a boyfriend, so it's just so we're clear. But these are the three things that you would, I think, seek in an ideal partner. Mm-hmm. This, these two questions are usually, usually accurate. You can think about them then. You're like, hmm, which one is actually loyal? None. <laughs> um, what makes you feel valuable? I think I have a uniqueness in me that no one else in this world has. I think I'm very, I have a shine, I have a shine in me, just like a bright star. And I think people can feel it. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think people can feel it. I think I'm a very um, bright, always bright, always there, and that makes me, that makes me me, and I feel like I think in a way that mo- not many people think, and I think that that's so special, and I, I don't know how I got that, but I'm very glad I did. I think in a very, in a good, in a good way, in a smart way, I don't think about working hard, I think smart, and every single situation i think about it in a very different way it may be manipulative but i always think about it in a way that will benefit me and i'll come out a winner Hmm. that's what yeah okay best moment in your life so far (sighs) when i blew up (laughs) (laughs) um i think me blowing up just changed my life completely 360 made me live the life i didn't want and pushed me into a life that i know nothing about Mm. and that's just the adventure the newness it's just it's amazing because so many of the things i'm experiencing now i never knew about them and just being pushed into this field where you don't know the next step or the next thing it's very unpredictable Mm. I love that. So me having that one viral video that helped all my other videos go viral and helped me be even here now is what I'm, that's the best moment of my life. Okay. Worst moment in your life? Oh, I was in boarding school 
and for me that i hated oh even thinking about it it's horrible um i was in boarding school for about a year for about a year and um i faced oh my goodness it was horrible um the prefects were bullies the real bullies i'd never seen real bullies and i went to that school and the prefects oh those those were bullies what does that mean sorry the pre prefects what does that Do mean you know prefects oh no. let me tell you what prefects are so um in school um they have the students all normal students so from the students they pick prefects so prefects are supposed to make sure everything that the other students do what they need to do so they're like cops it's like <laughs> so they're the, they're like cops and they like tell you what to do they make sure everything is running yeah, they fine they have that authority they have that authority that power that they will abuse yeah mm. and they abused it so much and i would fight so much with them i would fight so much with them and yeah i remember there's a time one of the head prefects um they told me because we used to do like chores in school and i'd swept up the classroom and they told me i don't like how you've done it to go back i was like okay and i went back and i did it again and i like i don't like it go get water and soap and i went and i got water and soap and i did it again and they're like no redo it and i was like no i was like no i was like you're crazy and the, the, uh, they really they gathered all of them all the prefects and they ganged up on me and they were all around me and they were imagine now imagine you're in the middle and there's so many cops around you ganging up on you and they were just they're like who do you think you are and all those things and for me it was i think that was one of the worst moments i was like oh my god i felt so i felt like i was drowning and oh oh that's cool my goodness i'm so glad as a fonia i don't know how i survived it and i faced a lot of bullying even from the other students not just the prefect even the other students they would bully me because many of them are from the countryside and i was from the city and they like um you know i used to many of them would speak kiswahili i would speak english because that's what i knew that's those were the previous schools i'd been to that's what we spoke in the house and they would be like you think you're better than us you're speaking english because you think you're better than us and they would just they would really 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 get off playing on that and they just they made life hell for me i just i hated that place so much so much so so much so much i don't like thinking about it yeah yeah i can tell yeah i hated that place and you say that with so much feeling still mm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a hard it's a hard memory to forget but it's a good good memory to have as well as you know i'm a very i'm a very young girl going into the world and i've been thrust into the world and so many i'm going to go through so many things and it's better to go in there having faced other things before that prepared you for it than going in naive and having have lived this perfect colorful life the world will tear you apart so i'm glad i went through all those things 
And I'm glad I faced bullies and I'm glad people tore me down and I'm glad people went the extra mile to just pull me apart because that made me tougher and that made me know how to play the game because if you don't play the game, the game will play you and it will play you badly. So I'm entering this field where I know nothing will be fair and I'll also need to work harder than everyone else and I'll need to do things better. But as much as it's not fine, I'm ready for it and I feel like I can face so much because of that. It would have been better than having the perfect life. So I'm kind of glad I went through all that. Mm. I'm glad too you did because it makes you the way you are. Mm-hmm. You're wired in a certain way because of those experiences. Otherwise, you wouldn't be who you are right now. Mm-hmm. Hypothetical question number one. If you had to choose a character, like let's say you see people and you always see a number over their head. Mm-hmm. And that is a measure of something. What do you want it to measure? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, that's such a hard question. Oh my goodness. Um, I think honesty. Hmm. Honesty. I love honesty and I like honest people and I really respect honest people. Like yesterday, I met a guy, and he was not a nice guy, but he was honest about it, and that I respected. So honesty. Nice. Um, what was he honest about? I'm <laughs> 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 curious. Um, um, just basically, um, people being taken advantage of in this world. Mm. And it was something he stood by, and he was, he was a wealthy guy, a wealthy guy with money, and he knew that many people will suffer from it, and he was, he was honest about it. And so many people are hypocrites because they want to be the savior, but he wasn't, mm. and I liked that. That, yeah. was, that was good. Yeah. When was the last time you cried? I can't remember. Um, um, When um, I remember the first time my parents found out about my videos, that's the last time I cried. They found out about my videos and they really they, we sat on a table and they said some really, really hurtful things. I'll never forget the things they said on that table. I'll never forget. That's the most hurt I've gone through. That was really horrible. They said some really horrible stuff to me on that table. And I really cried. I cried for days. That's... I'm sorry. Can I get a tissue, please? Thank you. Here you go. Thank you.
Oh, Helen cried for you. You're making me cry again. Come on. There's nothing wrong with crying. I think we all need to cry a bit more. You all need to that's cry? Why, that's why kids are so beautiful. They're pure. They're happy. They laugh. They, they're sad. They cry. They sad. They cry. No baggage. Yeah. So they said some really mean stuff to me on that table. And I cried for days. Oh my goodness, I cried for days. For days? Yeah, it was horrible. I cried, I couldn't eat. I couldn't leave my room. It was so bad. That was the last time I cried. You know, I'm trying to put you together in my head. And uh, you said the most thing you're afraid of is failure. And you said you faced discrimination because of your color and you faced racism in your own country. Mm. And you've been bullied and you've been picked on by these weird police students. So like, I've, and your, your parents in the beginning maybe didn't believe in something that was new, strange, you know, mm. funny videos, sunglasses, chips or whatever. I would understand also a parent who loves their child. They don't know what's this new world so they can mm. attack because they're afraid. So the real emotion is fear, fear for the child or whatever. So I feel like all of this brings you to a feeling that you cannot fail because now you need to prove to everybody that your yeah. gut feeling was right all along. Yeah. So that's why I said I will never fall. I'll always stay standing. Who wants to join me? Yalla, come. <laughs> you don't want to join me? Because you, can, you can't afford to fall, it's, mm. it feels like. Maybe it's a bit of too much stress on you and too much pressure, but maybe it works, I don't know. But it feels that's how you're wired. Like you have to prove it right, that mm. your gut feeling is right. Maybe. Yeah. It's me putting you together. <laughs> Second hypothetical question. If we take Elsa's heart and we place it in front of you, what would it tell you? I like to think of myself as a kind person. A very, I like to think of myself as a kind person and a very nice person. And I like to think I care about other people. And I care about, and I, there are some things I think people don't deserve to go through, even bad people. Mm. They don't deserve something. But I'm also a very smart person. If I need to do something, I will do it. Because I know the reason why. I'm kind and I'm nice is because I'm very advantaged and I can afford to be nice. I can afford to be kind to other people. And I know if I was put in another situation, I would, I would fight everyone and I would play games with everyone and I would manipulate and I would do it legally, but I would hurt a lot of people. So I know that the reason why um, I have a good heart is because I've been in a position that makes me have a good heart. But I know in another situation, I would fuck so many people over. Interesting. You're gutsy. I love your honesty, man. That's very <laughs> honest. But what would your heart tell you now? Like, let's say we have a table here and I put your, your heart hypothetically. What would it tell Elsa? Um, I'm so glad for the pain you've gone through. I'm happy for the love you've given me. I love how you treat other people. I love how you think. 
You're so smart. Oh my goodness, you are smart. <laughs> <laughs> you know how to play the game. You know how to play everyone. And you, you, you act kind and you act dumb, but you know where you're going. You know what you're doing. Mm. You act naive, but you know how to play. You know how to play everything. You know how to play everyone. Yeah. I like you. You're smart. <laughs> I like you. You're smart. Final question. Elsa in one word. Fabulous. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Thank you. That was lovely. Thank you for having me. Mm, I enjoyed it. I like listening to you. I'm very glad we did this. Yeah, me very too. happy we did this. How was it for you? It was nice. Made me remember so many things I'd locked down.